Would you move your body if it had zero impact on your weight or appearance? And I don't know if a lot of people could answer yes to that. But what if we took that at the pressure of that outcome away and said, your weight or appearance might change. How could your body physically and mentally benefit from moving your body consistently and regularly? Hey, you're listening to How to Reboot, the podcast all about how to get a fresh start and reboot your approach to life. I'm Emma Louise, and today we are talking all about rebooting your fitness and movement with our guest, Tally Rye. This is definitely about to be a fun one. Before we start, let's get Tally to introduce herself. So I am a personal trainer and I've been working as a personal trainer for six, six years ish um i um specialize in something called intuitive movement um and i've come to that kind of i've come to specialize in that more recently having gone down a more traditional personal trainer fitness route but that basically means i really encourage people to rather than me as a trainer saying that i am in charge of people's decisions around exercise it's about a collaborative effort to make sure that each individual is listening to their body is finding the kind of movement and workout that they enjoy and works for them and that is something that is sustainable um, and positive for them so that is really what I'm all about okay this sounds really interesting to me so I'd love to hear a bit more when you say intuitive movement and listening to your body how would I get started with that where do you begin so the phrase intuitive movement and, and the framework I use for intuitive movement is taken from the framework called intuitive eating, which some people may have heard of. It, it was created by two dietitians in 1995 called Evelyn Tribley and Elise Resch. And they wrote about how to have a happy relationship with food. And it's very much about bringing people back to themselves, about reconnecting with their hunger and fullness cues, about making decisions based um, taking away the moral judgment from food and really just helping people kind of break free from the diet cycle and get them into a like I say that sustainable happy relationship with food that really resonated with me on a personal level and a professional level and one of their principles is called joyful movement and it's all about helping people to find the joy in movement again which I loved 100% resonated with me and as a fitness professional, I was like, huh, I think there's a lot more we can look at here because just as our relationship with food can be really complicated and complex, so can our relationship with exercise. And so I took the 10 principles of intuitive eating and in my book, um, Train Happy, I kind of reworded them and reworked them to specifically think about how we relate to fitness and, and movement. So it's really about kind of getting us away from the mindset so we they, there's like nine principles the first principle is reject the diet mentality and that means get us away from the mindset that exercise is purely a means to earn calories burn calories you know make us feel less guilty about having a takeaway and instead it is about really reframing exercise to be rather than a tool of punishment and and penance and and earning to be something that is an act of self-care and is all about health promoting for the mind and body and we don't necessarily need pictures to prove that we don't need the number on the scale to prove that you can do that by um, working on you know the kind of movement like I say that 
makes you feel good. Okay, this this is really like this is actually quite exciting, and it's quite nice to hear you talk about the joy of movement. I'm like listening to you and smiling. So, talking practically, if I wanted to start training happy, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Does that, I mean, at the moment, everyone's doing kind of YouTube workout videos or working out in their living rooms or running around the park. Like, how would I begin if I want to say from tomorrow I want to start training happy? What does that mean? So training happy isn't necessarily a specific way of moving your body. In fact, it encompasses all forms of movement. All movement, quote, you know, counts in the intuitive movement kind of philosophy and and the train happy way, because it's not about, you know, what's right and wrong. It's about what works for you. So rather than getting bogged down with the what you're doing, I'm more interested in the why you're doing it. So what is your intention behind your workout and you know are you working out from a place of guilt and fear that if you don't work out your body's going to change and you're not going to be happy with it like it's quite a deep you know it can be quite um go quite deep into yeah. how we feel about body image and all those sorts of things but really like what what's really driving your relationship with movement and for a lot of people who have been you know we talk about this diet mentality for a lot of people who only associated exercise with having to restrict food or that it's always been a chore that they just feel like they've got to do to kind of get the beach body or you know it's January everyone's you know a lot of people have like gained weight during lockdown understandably and so a lot of people are feeling this pressure like oh my goodness I need to do something about this and so a lot of us are trying to work against our bodies and trying to exercise them into submission. And the difference is we're trying to work with our bodies and rather than exercise them into submission, find that happy, peaceful relationship with movement so that it's enhancing our life, it's not dictating our life and it's not dictating necessarily our kind of self-worth as well. I think that's really important to bring in there. But it's, yeah, like I said, it all comes back to the why. Why, why, why? So the Mm. first question in my book is, would you move your body if it had zero impact on your weight or appearance? And I don't know if a lot of people could answer yes to that because it's been Mm. so tied to that having to be an outcome for movement. But what if we took that at the pressure of that outcome away and said, your weight or appearance might change. It might change. We can't promise anything. But what would happen? How could your body physically and mentally benefit? How could, you know, how could your mental health benefit from moving your body consistently and regularly because it's, you know, your me time, because it's an act of self-care. It's an opportunity to feel connected in your body. It's an opportunity to kind of ground yourself in this very unpredictable time we find ourselves living in. And, you know, if we're able to do those things that it takes like, a, you know, doing a YouTube video can become far more, you know, can be a much more significant role in how we care for ourselves. Mm. I, I would love to delve a bit deeper into that question that's at the start of your book. So have you had any responses to that? And maybe from clients or from readers, because you said that you think probably a lot of people, their answer would be, no, I wouldn't exercise, but it would be good to know what responses have you got? And have they changed? Yeah, so I'm really fortunate to have, you know, even prior to writing my book, and actually 
uh, I asked this question as I was writing my book to kind of gauge where people were at online. So I've had a lot of feedback over the years and I think that it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. People who are interested in this this different approach and this fresh perspective are kind of like, yeah, I would. Because actually, and a lot, do you know, one of my favorite answers, and I think this is very clear, is that people say, do you know what? I initially started working out to lose weight after Christmas or whatever. But what keeps me going is the fact I notice how much it improves my mood and gives me an opportunity to kind of, you know, manage my mental health to a degree. And that, you know, what keeps me going is the fact that I notice that when I'm not moving my body regularly, I notice that has an impact on how, you know, on my mood, on my energy, on my productivity, on how I feel about myself and how I feel about the world. And so I think that's really interesting that a lot of people are initially motivated from that place of like, I must change my body. And the idea that that kind of takes a back seat once you realize how beneficial movement is for you. Well, it sounds like there's a bit of a journey there, like a bit of a, this is the initial motivation. And then when you get into it and you get used to moving your body, you kind of grow into seeing all these other kind of benefits. You've spoken a bit about mood and mental health on your socials as well. You talk a lot about how does it make you feel and how Mm. it could make you feel. When you are moving your body, how do you feel? How do you feel kind of before and during and after? For me, I often move, sometimes, you know, I don't want to, move or I think I don't want to move but I know that you know you know sometimes there's a there's a common question which said slight diversion there's a Mm -hmm. common question I often get that like oh if I just moved intuitively if I just did what I wanted to do and I didn't have someone telling me what to do then I wouldn't do anything at all you know what's the point what's the point Mm -hmm. of doing it and that's one of the biggest things I want to overcome is there are so many points to working out there are so many benefits to your health to your physical health to your mental health regardless of an impact on weight or appearance that we've spoken about in that sense often I say to people who if you're like in limbo and you're like oh do I want to work out do I not want to work out like how am I feeling today the best way you can figure that out is by starting to move your body and deciding like oh do I want to you know put putting on your active wear putting on your trainers maybe you're going for a run so maybe you want to step outside and you start walking down your street and you're like nah actually I do need to go and just I don't need to run a marathon I need to do a Netflix marathon that's what I need to do or you you get down to the road and you start jogging you say I'll give myself I'll go I'll put the playlist on I'll do, I'll do three songs or, or I'll run 10 minutes you like, do you know what actually this is pretty good I'm really enjoying this and mm. wow I'm so glad I did that and I think that's really common for people and often I find myself in that position where I'm like Tally just put your stuff on get your playlist on I'm so big do you know what the biggest thing about working out at home right now is you can sing along out loud that is my dream that's my favorite bit um so and I've got my 2000s playlists and I'm you know it's all like Rihanna and I'm loving it just be able to sing out loud and do your own thing and you know I always feel really good and then during the session this sounds super cheesy and I think this is when people might slightly roll their eyes no go on go on this This is a place of honesty yeah but this is the thing that I'm really into and I don't think I don't necessarily always think of myself as a super like affirmations person but I Mm -hmm. often find myself in the middle of a workout when I'm just kind of grateful like this is pretty cool that you get to do this and you have this opportunity to do this today and you know when we were able to be in gyms and be in classes and kind of go 
you know, this is so cool. And how great is it that I get to do this? And my old mindset often would be like, right, I've just got to get this done because if I get this done, then I can go and have my lunch or, you know, and Mm. it's changing that mindset. Like I said, it's all about that reframing of like, oh, this is something on my to-do list that I need to tick off. I don't know if I want to do it, but I feel like obliged to do it. And now it's during it, I'm feeling like, oh, wow, like this is a really cool thing I get to do. I know this is so health promoting for me. I know this is helping my physical and mental health. Like I really, I want to like acknowledge that sometimes. It's not every time, but sometimes I'm just like smiling because I'm like, this is, this is so good for you. This is so good for you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then often I finish, you know, I finish on my own accord and I'm like, you know, that was enough. That was good. I used to have a lot of rules around exercise um, previously. And, you know, that might mean that I must work out for a whole hour. And now I'm able to get to a point where, you know, could be half an hour in, could be 40 minutes in, could be 10 minutes in. And I'm like, yeah, I've hit the, like that hit the spot, if that makes sense. Like that, Mm. that's what I needed. And I feel good. And you know, okay, on with my day. What, you know, often, you know, often it's like, okay, what, what do I have to do? I'm usually hungry or <laughs> I need to shower, <laughs> but you know, kind of, uh, yeah. And I often encourage people to, especially for people who like, this might feel like a bit of an alien concept, the fact that you might possibly be able to enjoy your workout or you might, like it doesn't have to be painful and torturous. I like to encourage people to write down like before and after. Okay. So like, how did you feel before? How do you feel after? Have you noticed, like, do you feel a bit more optimistic about the world? I don't know about you, but like we're living, like I said, this, this is heavy, heavy times, (laughs) heavy times. It's a lot, it's a lot for us to cope with. And I don't believe exercise is therapy I think it can be therapeutic and I don't think we should solely rely on it because that can be unhealthy too but I do notice that sometimes you know there's been times when in the anxiety of everything being able to go out for half an hour and go for a jog come and it doesn't solve the issue but it gives personally it gives me the resilience to then deal with the issue or process the issue so yeah. it's about finding, and like I say, this is very individual for each person, dependent on their situation, what they're going through. You know, it can just give you that boost of energy to get stuff done. Like I made myself get up on Monday and like, right, get your workout in first thing because I know this is going to set you up for a good day. I've, I've mm. been getting in the, the doom scrolling habit of like first thing in the morning being on my phone. And I was like, something needs to change here. And it made a real difference to how I was able to crack on with my day and, you know, I'm self-employed, I've got stuff to do. So it was really good to kind of <laughs> give me that boost of energy. So it's, it's different on for each person on each day. It, it will vary. Okay. That's, that is such a lovely answer to hear your personal experience of that. Cause I'm sure people listening will be, will take something from that and try it out. And that's what this podcast is about is things that people can try and see if it works for them. Um, you mentioned music and I know you do dance parties as well and music can be a big part of working out especially now you can be at home doing it even when gyms are open as well music's important so what kind of music motivates you to move well I have a playlist on Spotify called year nine school trip because it takes me back to being 14 (laughs) and the the nostalgia Um, it's probably 2004 
2005. It, yeah, that is one of my favorites. Any any of like the naughties throwback. I've realized so much during this whole time of being able to work at home that a lot of the time you, we are reverting to kind of, I don't know if you've heard people talk about having an inner child and, mm-hmm. you know, really feeling that. And for me, finding that relating to the music of like my teenage years I don't know, it kind of makes me feel like, ah, oh, the time when I had less responsibility and this, everything was just, you know, I mean, teenage years are hard, but, you know, what a more simple time. I just want to yeah, go back, course. like mentally and physically go back there. And so I, I, I really enjoy that. Um, I also teach spin classes as well. And my background is I went to drama school and I studied musical theatre. So I love moving to music like there's something about moving to a beat hence why these dance parties were born um (laughs) on and I started sharing them on Instagram like on a bit of a whim because I love it and I and once again I think it's like I think we've kind of spoken today about how exercise is so seen as a chore and so Mm. much of what's popular right now is like hit training and you know, quite intense boot camp style stuff. And it seems very serious and everything takes itself pretty seriously. Mm. And I think what's really missing for a lot of people is the playful element of it. And really children getting exercise in is them playing it in the playground or playing football with friends or, you know, just running around playing whatever game they're playing. Mm. And I think as adults, we've really lost a lot of that play element in how we think about working out. So once once again, even during my workouts, I'd be like, this is like your adult playtime. Like, don't take this so seriously. This is an opportunity to just kind of play about, have fun. And even though as a trainer, like I'm doing the traditional fitness moves that you will know, you know, squats, lunges, whatever, it's coming at it with a more kind of playful approach and I think it's all feeding into that inner child it's all feeding Mm. into that and I think nourishing that part of yourself helps so much um when everything else feels so serious around you um we need the outlet as people and so I think exercise can be part of how we how we tap into that it is so nice to hear you as someone who is an expert talk about making it fun and putting some play into it and I know you've mentioned a little bit about doom scrolling and social media and feeds and I I know that on my feed everyone who is like a real worker outer was always taking it so seriously it's always seems to be a really serious endeavor they always seem to be doing it for multiple hours a day and it does make me feel a bit guilty so mm. it would be good to know your view on what kind of impact do you think social media and who's on our feed can have on our view and our relationship with fitness? Oh, I think social media is huge on how we relate to fitness. And once again, speaking from personal experience, I think sadly, there's always been a very narrow view of what fit bodies look like, of what fitness is. And mm-hmm. it always goes with the latest trends. So like I say, it's usually hit workouts and what's cool at the moment like I'm a spin instructor I love spin classes as much as the next one but you know being in a super like dark room with being like I love it but you know it's all that very much like how it, it a lot of it can be very data driven now as well so I think it really appeals to a lot of um the kind of numbers and that 
and right. needing that that validation and I think social media feeds the need for validation for what we're doing you know the old saying if I don't post about it on Instagram did it really happen <laughs> um if I haven't shared what my run on Strava you know people need to know what I did yeah and for, for for those people who've been very tied to that and like I said are wanting to have a more intuitive approach I often say like take a break from doing those things just see how it feels to just work out purely for you. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone. You don't need to, this isn't about trying to be better than anyone. This is literally just you and yourself, you know, doing what you want to do. Yeah. Um, And I do think, so there's that element of it, but I also think in terms, like I said before, the idea of what do fit bodies look like? And actually fitness comes in all shapes and sizes, different abilities. I think in general, there's been a very, and, and I, I think in this past year when we're having a lot more conversation around racism, I think there's been a lot of, of we've seen, if you look at previous covers of women's health and men's health, like how many white people have been on the cover of magazines and people aren't seeing themselves in fitness. They're not seeing mm-hmm. themselves in adverts, not seeing themselves in um, clothing brands. They're not, the sizes aren't there for those who are plus size to be able to wear the cute workout stuff to do the workouts and I'm excited because I know that there are so many brilliant people online sharing their fitness journeys of doing all different things I follow people who I follow a plus-size woman who does paddle boarding for example I follow a group of hikers I follow um, people who do dancing and I think when you a follow people who do a variety of different types of movement it kind of makes you realize like oh I don't just have to do burpees I don't just have to lift weights there's mm. actually a whole a whole different way of doing this I follow people that pole dance and do all that kind of stuff like there's so many cool ways to move your body and likewise I think there's so much power in being able to see yourself in the people you follow and if you constantly following people who are making you feel that you you can't you should be trying to aspire to look like them or that you feel inadequate unless you do look like them mm. um which I have to say is not maybe not the person who you're following intention it's not that creator's yeah. intention but if you notice that coming up for you then they're probably not the best person for you to follow and in fact is there um someone who you can perhaps relate to more who you know wants who's positively encouraging you to to move your body um and you know makes it make you feel seen and represented and I think mm. that's really important so in my book for example I deliberately chose a whole range of people um in there's like a little workout plan in there and to demonstrate all the different exercises because I think it's really cool when you can see someone you're like oh I relate to that person rather than you know me I'm you know thin white person it's like okay we've seen that but what about all these other people who need to be seen and represented? And I, I, I want to, um, I want to encourage people to like seek those people out because there's some brilliant people. And if, if the listeners need any examples, I'm happy to like send a list after our conversation. <laughs> um, cause there's some really cool people out there, particularly in the UK. Um, and I think, like I say, like with having that representation, I think more people feel included in the conversation and a lot of people who feel real barriers to exercise may feel like they can move their bodies I think I don't know if everyone saw the recent 
copy of Cosmopolitan that came out and you had a couple of friends of mine, Sophie Butler, she's a wheelchair user. You have my friend Callie Thorpe, who's um, a plus size blogger and model. And you had um, Morgan Lake, who's a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And you have these people and you're like, wow, there's someone here for everyone. And yeah, I can like, th- that's really powerful. And I, I think that shows that like, oh, okay, we can all be included in this conversation and we can all find a way to move our bodies. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not an exclusive club anymore. Mm. I think that is such an important point, actually, diversifying your feed, because yeah. it's not just what, who, who you're following. It's also, you know, it's, it's making sure that you're exposing yourself almost to people who look completely different to you and like you, and also who exercise like you and different to you. Like, it's a really important point, I think. So thank you for making that one. That's really key. I think we get a lot of, I think we make a lot of judgments around you know, what we think certain people in different bodies are capable of. And I think a lot of time we're very surprised when we actually see those people (laughs) living their lives, doing incredible things. And so I I think it it really helps us just be more open-minded and accepting as people Mm. in general. 100%. We've touched on it a little bit, kind of the times we're living in at the moment. Mm -hmm. And what I'd really like to know is what did you learn from 2020? I really learned that rest is important and rest is just as important as as movement. For me, and I recognize this is not everyone's situation because, you know, I don't have children. I'm um, able to work at home full time and, you know, I don't have to go to work in places. But for me, it was a forced slowing down of a very hectic life. And in the forced slowing down, it was an opportunity to to actually really confront and address some really difficult emotional stuff for me in therapy. And, you know, that opportunity to be still and how we all need an element. And even if it's a couple of minutes a day of stillness and just being in our lives to help us kind of really know what it feels like to feel and be in our bodies and, Mm. you know, connect with our emotions um, so that we don't, you know, so that we don't burn out. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there was a, a lot of time when I just felt more inclined to rest maybe than to move. But I, you know, having moved for the last decade of my life, like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. Like, that's actually really important. Um, and we've spoken about, and I don't know about you, but with a lot of my work being online and our phones accessible and feeling like, there's constant updates and things like mm. I can get so sucked in and I still get sucked in. Like, I still get sucked in. Um, I love TikTok, for example. Love it. You can lose hours of your life to that app. Making time, like I say, to just kind of sit there and, and relax and think. Um, and I think that's been really important. One of my, I really took this from, and I have to say this is inspired by a woman called Caroline Duna. She wrote a book. Uh, the book's called The Fuck It Diet. And it's very much written for those people who want to move away from endless dieting and really come to have that happy, peaceful relationship with food and and body and and movement that we've been talking about. Right. And one of the parts she really talks about is the emotional aspect and the emotional work that needs to be done. And I think that's often something that doesn't get spoken about and gets ignored. And it's something I'm really passionate about. And even having done a lot of work myself, like I say, having therapy and all this kind of stuff she said that one of the tasks she gave to her readers was like I really encourage you to just 
lie down for 10 minutes a day and not looking at your phone, not looking at anything, not doing anything and just being, just being. You don't even have to make it productive. You don't have to, you don't have to meditate. You don't have to think about anything. Just, just be. And it made me realize that that time never existed in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I never did that. And um, it was a really, you know, having, like I said, having written a book about a lot of this, I've gone like, I'm still learning myself. And that really stuck with me of, wow, we need to make time to just be more because a lot of the need to, um, and particularly when we're talking about people having complicated relationships with food and exercise, a lot of that comes from a desire to keep ourselves busy and distracted from the difficult stuff we're, de- we're dealing with or mm. from traumatic things we're trying to cope with. And we look to these things as a, as a way to cope and, and control. And yeah, just a practice I'm going to take forward is that is, is you know, can I make, take, make more time to just be? Yeah. Because I think we weren't really ever afforded that before. And I, you know, uh, even just the time and even in the future when we do end up going back to work, because I do believe we will, I'm, I'm positive that even when we're on the tube or on the bus or walking somewhere, can I just be rather than constantly be thinking, you know, can I just take yeah. that time to just really zone out? And yeah. I think that's a way to incorporate it back into that, to the, to the real world life that we knew before. That is, um, that's actually a really lovely idea that I am actually definitely going to try. I'm going to try and do that today and try and just take 10 minutes of just being, lying down and just not doing anything. And I'll see if I can actually make it 10 minutes because I imagine I'd sit down and think it's been about 10 minutes and it would have been maybe four or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And hopefully people listening will try that out as well. Um I want to ask you a question, which we ask every guest, which is how do you reboot? Like I say, this, like we said, this year has been, it's heavy and hard. And I don't know about you, but turning on the news right now is, I'm crying every time I'm watching it. I can't, it's too much. (laughs) Um, And I think when I'm feeling that way, it's not a case of like, okay, rebooting, but there's a, there's a kind of part of the self-care practices I need to do to kind of keep myself on an even keel really and for me that is sleep so really big on um and once again thanks to this past year that's been possible to kind of go to bed at the same the similar time every evening get up at a similar time every morning and I really notice that makes a difference to my energy another thing is I'm not a type a organized person and so for <laughs> me like actually writing down like the lists I need to things I need to do, the order in which I need to do them. I find that really helps me because I'm, I get very distracted. I'm a procrastinator. I can, you know, very much um, lose my way, <laughs> hence the hours on TikTok. And so I have to kind of keep, you know, make sure I've got a guide to kind of guide me through the day to keep me focused on what I'm on the task at hand and, and what I need to do next. And then I think we've got to throw in some joyful happy movement in there so like I say the dance parties have been a real highlight for me recently I've been doing them live on Instagram on on a Tuesday night Mm -hmm. um and just creating them and doing them has really felt really rewarding and like I say that that element of play in there um Mm. has been really fun and just being able to sing along to the songs and everything has been great um okay 
Now, for people listening, what can they do today? Um, what can they do in the next few weeks? And what could they do in the next, you know, bigger picture in the next year to try and reboot their relationship with fitness? Well, let's start with that question we spoke about. How would you, well, the question was, would you move your body if it had zero impact on your wear appearance? Okay, the next question from that is, slight change of rephrasing, how would you move your body if it had zero impact on your weight or appearance? How? And then start writing a list of all the things you've wanted to try. And I know not every activity is possible right now, but even right now, even just like there's a YouTube video for that. I did a Hamilton workout the other day. It was so much fun. I love Hamilton, obviously the musical theatre kid in me. And I was like, there's a Hamilton workout. YouTube is amazing. There's a workout for, for everything you know, make a list of all the things you'd like to try and and start doing it and experiment and then find the thing that works for you. And, you know, thinking big when things do open up and we're able to go and do things like go try that that pole dancing class, go try mm. that um, rock climbing, go try all the different things you've been, you know, the cold water swimming or whatever it is. Just have a go. And if you don't like it, you have full permission to be like, I'm, this isn't for me. On to the next thing. I'm going to mm. try the next thing. But I just really encourage that element of curiosity, exploration, play that we've spoken about and and really start there. And then second to that, if you want more of a lowdown on this whole thing, I'm going to plug my book. Please do. Please do. <laughs> it's called Train Happy by Tally Rye, available at places you can get books. And then I have a podcast as well called The Train Happy Podcast, where we explore this stuff a lot further. We're talking about thing the thing I'm really passionate about I'm passionate about people's relationship with food relationship with movement and then I love talking about uh the psychology behind it all and, and mm. the that emotional aspect that I think is really important so you can find it there as well okay Tally this chat has been amazing before you go where else can people find you on socials and wherever you are where can people find you so I'm Tally Rye um mainly on Instagram really TikTok but um, the best place to find me is probably Instagram and my website as well, tallyride.co.uk. Massive thank you to Tally. That was such a lovely chat. And I've got myself a new little playlist as well. It'd be great to know what you've taken away from this. Any tips you might try out or accounts you might follow, all of that good stuff. Let us know on Instagram at how to reboot. Next time. Whatever sets your soul on fire, whatever makes you happy, that's creativity. And that's what I think the search is constantly, is to find your own happiness. So whatever makes you truly happy, go in that direction. That's the best advice I can give you. We chat to Harkira and Kelsey all about creativity. And I hope you can join us then. I've been Emma Louise and you can find me on Instagram at I am Emma Lou. And our lovely producers are Mike Swain and Beth and Taylor Swain for Low Key Audio. See you next time. In the U.S. Army, you can make a choice to make your mark. With over 150 fields to choose from, join forces with us and take on anything. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule. 
by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know. By providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.